Today I'm going to talk about good prophecy. And there's, there's literally hundreds of prophecies throughout the Bible that predict the future. All right? Now, here's the thing. It didn't just start last week. It didn't just start a few years ago. It started thousands of years ago. All right? Now, I'm going to read a definition of prophecy for you just for a moment. It says, prophecy is, this is just according to Webster, a divine prediction, a prediction of future events that is believed to reveal the plan of God. Okay? Prophecy is a divine prediction in the short term. So, how many of you can predict the future? Ah, never mind, I know you can't. <clears throat> but let, guess what? God knows the beginning, and God knows the end. Now, let me tell you, now you, some of you do that, but let me tell you something else. God knows everything in between too. God knows the beginning of your life, and he knows the end of your life. And if we will just follow him, his will will be manifested in our lives, and he will get the glory. Now, one thing I want to mention before, before we actually get into scriptures, and I've got lots of scriptures this morning. But, you know, it's, it's odd. You know, the scriptures that we're going to look at are in the Old Testament, and they, uh, they prophesy, they predict the coming of the Messiah, okay? And these scribes, the Pharisees, would read these scriptures, you know, and they would study these scriptures, and they would study, and, and, and all, of, all of these things, and they would try to figure out, okay, when is he coming? Because they all knew, they all knew he was coming. The scripture, the Old Testament says, uh, a, a Messiah will be born. But see, they didn't know when, they didn't know where until they studied the scriptures. But then after they studied the scriptures, you know what? They even knew within a year or two exactly when the Messiah would be born. Now, isn't that amazing? Okay, and I'll tell you something else that they knew. They knew the town, I hate to say city because Bethlehem was just a little village, but they knew the village that the Messiah was going to be born in. They knew that. They knew what tribe of the, uh, of the, uh, of the Israelites, they knew there was 12 tribes. They knew what tribe the Messiah was coming from. How'd they know that? From the Old Testament. Because see, God was telling them, be looking be looking, beware, here it comes. You know, uh, just, a, just a side note, did you, ever, did you ever wonder when the wise men, they went to, was it Herod? They went to Herod and they, and they asked him, you know, about this Messiah, where he was born and stuff, and, what Herod, he, and he asked his scribes. Well, my point is, his scribes knew how did they know that? <laughs> How did they know? Well, it was in the scriptures. It was prophesied hundreds of years prior, and his scribes had read that, and they knew that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Okay, who is a mathematical genius here today? John Mayberry! John Mayberry! 
All right. Who has, who has, a, who has their smartphone with them? Come on. Come on. Quick, 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 quick. Who's got their smartphone? I want you to do some addition. Three or four of you. Grab your phone and, and keep up. And at the end, we'll see how many different numbers we have. All right. Now, we're going to work on the law of probability. And it's very simple. The law of prob- probability is what is the probability percentage? What's the odds of something happening? I don't know why the thought just came to my mind. What's the odds of me falling off this stage? And I hope that wasn't a prophecy. I, I hope that wasn't a prophecy. Well, what's the odds of, uh, what's the odds of Cardinals winning the pennant? I don't know. What's the odds of the Cubs winning the pennant? Hey, I wonder, I wonder what Vegas does say on that. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? To know what the odd makers give. So this is the odds of probability. That's, that's the, what we're going to look at. So now, so we'll look at a scripture and we're going to decide, okay, and we're not going to be right. We're just going to get close, we think. But you'll see my point as we go on. So, so let's look at, first of all, let me say, you know, since Christ, there have been numerous false messiahs. But before Christ, guess how many there was? Zero. Because until you have the original, you cannot have a false that makes sense? So there was no false messiahs before the real one came. There was no, I'll get to where you can understand this. There were no fake Oakley sunglasses before the original, okay? There was no fake Rolexes before the original. There was no false messiahs before the original, so the, the signs that these prophecies that we're going to talk about, they were written, inspired by God hundreds of years before they come to pass. There is a prophecy in Isaiah 40 verse 3, and it says, a voice is calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness and make smooth in the desert away from the Lord. Now that prophecy in Isaiah 40 verse 3, that was 700 years before Jesus was born. 700 years. And we see that prophecy, we see it written in John 21 3. And John says, he says, he quotes Isaiah, he says, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. And he goes on to say, as Isaiah the prophet said. Okay, so what's the probability of Isaiah the prophet, 700 years, talking about the Messiah, that there would be a man that comes before the Messiah that would make way for him? What's the odds of that accidentally coming to pass? One in? How many? Come on. I, I, there's no real answer. <laughs> Any answers right? Jeff? Oh, man. 
These iPhones are going to be maxed out if we start there. Okay, hey, let's, okay, how about one in, one in 500? Is that fair? The odds, 700 years prior, saying that the Messiah will have a forerunner and accidentally be right on it. Okay, are you clear on that? Okay, so one in 500. Okay, somebody on your, on your smartphone, you, what you're going to do, you're going to take 500 and you're going to times it the next, okay? Because in the law of probability, if it's one in 200, you don't just add, you multiply. Okay? So that's 500. So 500, and then, and then we'll go on. In Psalms 41.9, it says, even one of his best friends, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food has turned against me. Anybody know what that's talking about? Yes, it's talking about the Last Supper, Judas Iscariot, when he denied Jesus, when he, when he come to him, when, the, when him and he led the soldiers and he come to him and he kissed him on the cheek, known as the kiss of death. And a lot of people even use that saying even yet today. But see here, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, he prophesied that one of, Je- one of the Messiah's closest friends and he was one of the 12, one of his closest friends would betray him. What's the odds of that? One in 12? How many close friends do we know he has? Okay, we'll just use that number. One in 12. So is somebody with me? 500 times 12. You got your, anybody got a smartphone out doing this? You're a good man. You're a good man. Thanks for doing that. Another scripture, Psalms twenty-two sixteen. it says, my enemies... Surround me like a pack of dogs. An eagle gang closes in on me. And they pierce my hands and my feet. Talking about the Messiah. This was hundreds of years before it happened. It says that they would pierce his hands and his feet. Now see what's kind of interesting about this. The Roman method of crucifixion had not even been thought of yet. Had not even been invented yet. When that was written... By the prophet Isaiah, they didn't use a cross yet. They didn't nail him to a cross when that was written. But it says he would be pierced. What's the odds of that? Of predicting, of predicting that the Messiah's hands would be pierced and his feet would be pierced before it was even part of the Roman crucifixion. What's the odds of that? One in one in a thousand? Is that what I heard? Okay, we'll, we'll be conservative, okay? Times a thousand. Another prophecy. What would happen? Judas Iscariot, he got 30 pieces of silver. You know what the scripture says? Hundreds of years before the Messiah came, you know what they said would happen? They said Jesus would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. And that was written hundreds of years prior. What's the odds of that? 30 pieces of silver, not 30 pieces of gold, not 30 pieces of titanium, but precisely 30 pieces of silver. What's the odds of that? Come on, somebody. 500, we'll just go with 500 again. That's in Zechariah eleven thirteen. It says, as the Lord say, throw into the potter. This magnificent sum at which they will value me. That was the cost. So I look, 
So I took the 30 coins and I threw them in the potter's temple. See, that's another thing that Zechariah prophesied. What would happen to these 30 pieces of silver? Let me ask you, what would you do with 30 pieces of silver? Would you, what would you buy? What would you do with them? We all have our different ideas what we would do with 30 pieces of silver. But Zechariah prophesied that Judas would be so tormented with guilt that he would take those precious 30 pieces of silver and throw them in the temple of God. That was prophesied hundreds of years before it happened. You know what happened? Judas took those 30 and he threw them in the temple of God. It was prophesied. What's the odds of that? You have this individual that's going to be, betray his good friend, Jesus. Me and Jesus, my good friend. And I'm going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver. Now, what's the odds he's going to throw them in the temple and not go spend them? 2,000? Is that too high? Probably not. Did somebody say 200? Times 200. Matthew 27, 9, it tells us. This fulfills the prophecy of Jeremiah, and it was prophesied two places, and saying that they took 30 pieces of silver, the price of which is valued by the people of Israel. Another one. Okay, after that 30 pieces of silver, it betrayed Jesus, and then it was threw into the temple of God. So then what did they do with it? Hundreds of years, seven, I think this was 700 years prior to this actually happening, the prophets of God said that they would, the religious leaders of the day, would take that 30 pieces of silver and buy a plot of ground and uh, Jesus' betrayer would be, would be buried there. Hundreds of years. And guess what happened? That's exactly what happened. You see where I'm going with this? Good prophecy. You know, I, I, I've run across deep thinkers. I know you have too. I, I shared one time that uh, me and Gary Raymond were down at McClansboro. We was given, we'd passed out a CD and was talking about the Lord. And, and, uh, and the older gentleman, he said, I'm way too smart for that. Lee Strobel, I think I mentioned that. Uh, it was that Wednesday night. Lee Strobel, investigative journal, journalist for the Chicago Tribune, I believe it was. Uh, it was in Chicago for sure investigative journalist. He was, uh, he was a non-believer. His wife got gloriously saved, and he was, uh, he was on a mission to prove his wife wrong. How many of you cowards out there will admit to trying to do that sometime or another? <laughs> I, 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 we had a rummy cell at my house this week. I guarantee you I tried to prove her wrong many times. Oh, <laughs> uh, you got to love rummy sales. So anyway, here, here Lee Strobel was, his wife got gloriously saved. So here he was trying to prove her wrong. And he literally traveled across the country going to experts trying to prove the Bible wrong. At the end of his journey, he got saved. He went and shared uh, the message of faith, the message of Christ with one of his college friends from, from years back. His college friend says, you're way too smart to believe in that stuff. Lee Strobel says, you're way too smart not to. 
And Lee Strobel continued to show him the evidence. You see, that's something that we really have to get inside of us, especially when we share our faith. See, faith is not closing our eyes, and I'm not going to walk off the stage, I'm going to go over here, is not closing our eyes and walking and following God with our eyes completely closed. That is not faith. Okay? Faith has, faith has to have a foundation. Because if your faith does not have a foundation, it will not last. Amen. Amen. All right. What else? Let's see. Okay, here's one. Hundreds of years before the Messiah came, it was prophesied through God's prophets that the Messiah would die between two thieves. What are the odds of that coming to pass? Huh? What would, what would be the odds? You know, there is kind of an underlying story there, I think. I think, you know, I think, you know uh, in God's infinite wisdom, I think God was thinking in his heart, if I can just give them two sinners one more chance to meet, to meet their Savior. And one of them did. One of them did. And you can today also. So what's the odds of that? I mean, it's not enough to predict that the, where he would be born, where the Messiah would be born. It's not enough that he would predict the year or, or they're right really super close to the year. That's written in Daniel's, uh, in Daniel, tells, talks about the year. That's how they knew it was coming. So it's not enough that they predicted where he would be born, and they did, prophesied. But when he would be born, and then now we look at that it's prophesied that he would be crucified between two thieves. What's the odds of that? 300 times 300. Isaiah 53 tells us that. Matthew 27, back to the New Testament, Matthew 27, 38. And it says at the time, two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the the left. Psalms 22, 18, it says that they, and this was once again, this is 700 years prior to the Messiah coming, prior to Jesus dying on a cross. And it says, they will de- divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothes. What's the odds of that happening? I mean, here, here's the prophet Isaiah, and oh yeah, by the way, they're, they're going to gamble for my robe. What's the odds of that? One in, or you said 2,000 a while ago. Uh, do you think that 2,000 might actually apply in this situation, or is that too much? Yes or no? All right, I'll tell you. Under, just, we're going to be concerned. Let's go with 1,000. Good prophecy is what we're talking about. You know, maybe one of the uh, uh, most amazing prophecies found in Psalm 16, verse 10, and it says, For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow the Holy One to rot in a grave. How amazing is that? Can you imagine being a prophet of God and, and, and you, get this, you get this word from God and you're going to be writing this down that the Messiah will, 
will be raised and he, he won't decay. Can you imagine that? It's like, God, I, I don't know if I hear you right or not. God, are, are you sure you want me to write this down? But you know what? That's exactly what happened. Jesus did not undergo decay. What happened to him? He was raised from the dead on the third day. What's the, odds of, what's the odds of that? <laughs> There's a good one. Maybe this might be the time for the 2,000, you think? What's the odds of a man dying on a cross and not staying dead? How about 2,000? Is that okay? 2,000. Well, here, here's another one. Isaiah 53 also says that the Messiah would be buried in a rich man's tomb. What's the odds of that? <laughs> You know, some rich, men are, some rich men are generous, but others are not generous at all. So what's the odds of that? Well, let's give it 500. One in 500. Matthew 27, 57, it says, when it was evening, there came a rich man from Aramaeth named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Christ. And this man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And then Pilate ordered him to give him the body. And he put it in his tomb. How amazing is that? How amazing? What's the, okay, hit. I, I've got like 10 more I could go through. Does anybody want me to go through any more? Huh? I mean, are, are, we, not, are we not done yet? I mean. <laughs> Here's one. How would you like to be a prophet of God that would predict where Jesus, where the Messiah would be born, when he would be born, all of those things, and then say, oh yeah, after they, after they crucify him on the cross, which hadn't even been invented yet, after he does that, and, and all of these things, how many of you, what do you, how, how would you think about this? There is going to be total darkness in the middle of the day. How do you like to prophesy that? What's the odds of that? Picking the right day at the right time and have total darkness. And you know, and, and there's, there's three different biblical scriptures on this, but you know, there's other uh, secular Writers also, there's two other Greek writers that confirm this. What's the odds of that? Hundreds of years prior for someone to say, on this day, at this time, we're going to have total darkness. What's the odds? Let's say, I want to be conservative on all this. Let's say 500. Does that sound okay? 500. Now, if you was able to keep up with that, what is the number, someone? Here, come up here just a minute. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, Joy, where's she at? Joy, you don't have any clue how close I come to having you add all this up. Okay, read that. 9E plus 25. One more time, real loud. 9E plus 25. What does that mean? <laughs> 25, 
25 zeros. Does anybody here get my point today? What? I, I, th- <laughs> Thanks, Betty. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm the only one here today that don't understand that number. I'm sure you all get it exactly. <clears throat> 25 zeros behind 900? Oh, my goodness. That's a lot. <laughs> what would be the redneck terminology for that? <laughs> well, if, if you was married to my wife, it would be buku. That would be <laughs> buku. Buku. Praise team, if you'll come, please. You see, I, I told you all that to tell you a couple more things. If you want it, If you want it, you can have a foundation for your faith. If you want it. It's right here. This is our foundation. God does not intend us or want us to close our eyes and walk through this life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want to read you one more prophecy found in the book of Acts are you still with me and let me set this up this is after Jesus' death after his burial after his resurrection after he had been upon the earth for 30 days after over 500 individuals had seen him after he was raised from the dead, after he was crucified on the cross. And he was standing there with everyone else. And it, and it says, Acts 1:11. it says, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into the stars? It says, Jesus has been taken away from you into heaven. So they were all standing there And this is when Jesus ascended to heaven and they watched him go up into heaven. The scripture, if we went on to read it, it would talk about seated at the right hand of God, a place of honor and a place of authority. And then it says, but someday he will return from heaven in this same way. Jesus is coming back. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is coming back. Amen. Now, here's the thing. You might be here on this earth when he comes, and you might not. Something might might have already happened to you before Christ's return. If you're a child of God, you know where you're going if something happens to you. You know heaven is your home. That's why I I love what the scripture says. It says, I know whom I believe. You know, really, when it get right down to it, we don't have to explain everything and we don't have to know all the answers. We don't have to, but one thing we have to know, we have to know whom I have believed. 
That's what we gotta know. You'll never share with your friend if you don't know whom you have believed. You, you know, th there's lots of things that God wants you to do that you'll never be able to do if you don't truly know whom you have believed. So if something happens to you, you need to know. If the Lord returns, you need to know before then. So I told you all of this, all of these prophecies, all of this proof I've presented you today and in the other sermon on good history, all of those things is to prove to you that Jesus is the Messiah. He died on the cross for your sins and he is coming again. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Now, earlier I mentioned that Christ died between two thieves. A thief on the right and a thief on the left. Jesus told one of those thieves, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Just a few feet from his Savior. And he, and he softened his heart and he believed in the Messiah just a few feet from him. Now here, here's what I want you to get. On the other side was another thief. And this thief didn't believe. He had seen the same things. He had experienced, he was right beside. He was just a few feet from the savior of the world. And yet, he chose not to believe. And that's what I ask you today. If you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, I ask you to choose to believe. Amen. Choose to believe. Bow your heads with me, please. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.